Welcome to the Redeemer Lincoln Square podcast. Our church began in April of 2017 and is located just down the street from Lincoln Center in the Lincoln Square neighborhood of Manhattan. Our channel will primarily feature sermons from our Sunday worship service, as well as encouraging stories and conversations with members of our LSQ church family. We hope you'll subscribe as a way to stay connected during this season of uncertainty and social distancing. Today's reading is Psalm 27, verses 1 through 6. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Amen. Good morning again, and a very uh, warm welcome to all of you to uh, Redeemer Lincoln Square. If you have your Bibles, uh, you may open it again back to uh, Psalm uh, 27. Uh, It is uh, good to see all of you here. It is especially good to see uh, a few of my my brothers from my my men's group here as well. I see you. I see you guys out here. Uh, good Good to see you. Yeah. Yeah, good to, good to have the brothers, the brothers with me from, from the group. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 20, uh, 27. I'm uh, using a version of the Bible that I received when I graduated high school. I was exiting my apartment, and I needed to grab a Bible, and I picked up the one that, that I was given as a high school student on the, on the way out from, from college. So this is a special Uh, version uh, uh, for me. So I'm, 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 I'm wondering if you've ever experienced this or if you've heard of an experience of someone uh, for whom they were lying in, in bed. In the morning, wake up and there's, there's tears flowing down your face. And you're asking, how did I get here? How did this happen? How did my life end up here? When, when I thought that it was going to be this, it turned into that. When I thought that things were going to be well and and, and good and, and easy, it's turned out to be difficult and hard and, and painful, and their struggle, and their people against me. 
what do you do when, when you're lying in, in bed and the tears are coming and the weightiness, the, the, the heaviness of all of the things of life when they fall apart are, are visiting you, what do you do? When your joy has been stolen because someone has sinned against you, when, when that, that, that disease that you never expected to have in your life or in the life of your family members is crouching at the door and things are beginning to fall apart, what do you do? If you're in, if you're in, in, in high school and, and you you thought that you were going to have all of these friends and, and you were invited to go out and then all of a sudden you, you're on Instagram and you see that they went out and, and you didn't get invited and now the relationship that you thought you had, you no longer had because someone said something behind your back and they lied on you and now you're wondering, has high school fallen apart? What do you do? What's your emotional response when, when, the, when the flood waters begin to rise and, and in the waters there are sort of sharks circling about to, to, to take your life away from you? What do you do? Do you shut down? Do you simply grip life more tightly? Do you seek a temporary comfort and in alcohol or in sex or in food? Do you, do you panic and run? Do you think that by going to the gym, by having control of your diet, that, that that will fix it? Or do you do something as strange as David is suggesting in this passage, which is to run to God and start singing? You wake up and the person that you're lying next to is not the person that you thought you, you, you married. It turns out to be someone way worse. It's hard. And how are you teaching your children to handle adversity when life falls apart? What do they see you do? Do they see you do what David is recommending, what David is modeling here, which is to run to God and start singing when life falls apart, when the waters are rising? In these first six verses, David encourages us in this psalm, this, this psalm of David, this, 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 this praise psalm. He's inviting us to do something that's completely bizarre and completely countercultural and, and, and something really, really weird, which is to, to run to God, to be in his presence, and to have a fearless confidence that the more life is chaotic and the more crazy life is and the more bizarre things happen to you and, and when expectations come, that's when you go to God and you sing. 
So one of the things that we see in the first three verses of this passage is that chaos actually drives David's confidence. Chaos drives David's confidence. Look at what this says in, in the first a few verses here of, of, of Psalm 27. It says, The Lord is my light and mouth, set me my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold. Whom shall I be afraid? The evildoers come. The slanderers come. The adversaries come. The foes come. They, they, they are encamping around him. It even escalates to war. And, and what does he say? I'm not afraid. It's interesting here that, that, that when he refers to, to, to the Lord in the English version, the word is is introduced, this, this to be verb, but in the Hebrew, there is no to be verb. It's not that, 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 that the Lord is my light, it's like God light, God salvation, God stronghold. It is this this, this idea that, 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 that synonymous with the name of God is goodness. It's not that God becomes goodness. God, by definition, is goodness. God is light. God is salvation. God is stronghold. And so for David, God's name is just synonymous with, with goodness and grace and mercy. And so when the enemies come, when the chaos happens, he is driven to God's name. And I, I wonder sometimes if one of the reasons that we, we struggle to run to God when, when, when things fall apart, I wonder sometimes if, if, if one of the reasons that our children don't learn how and, and aren't encouraged and, and don't seek God, when things begin to fall apart, is that their first introduction to God is not a God of, of light and salvation and stronghold. Their first introduction to God is anger and judgment and punishment. And what's so interesting about the biblical narrative from Genesis to Revelation is that God never introduces himself to his people in that way. There is not a single part of this entire book where God introduces himself to his people as judgment and punishment and anger. He always introduces himself to his people as goodness and love and mercy and a source of joy and protection. And so when David mentions the, the escalation of, of wickedness and enemies and, and foes and, and even it expands to this, this army, he says, even then, I will be confident. The more enemies, the more wickedness, the more foes, the more army, bring it on. Because the more it comes into my life, the more confident I will be. 
And why is it that David would have this level of irrational confidence? Why, why is it that David would have this, this really bizarre sense of, of fearlessness when there's enemies and foes and entire armies coming against him? Well, think about David's experience with God. I found this, this great summary of, of some of the things that, that might have given David some of this confidence. Remember that as a young shepherd, as David is, is shepherding the flocks with his father, Jesse, he had to fight off bears and, and lions, and through God's help, he emerged victorious. Remember the story that when he was just a young, probably teenager, he, he fought off Goliath, this, this nine foot six inch Philistine, and he, he picked up a rag and a rock and he threw it at him. As he became a, a more seasoned warrior, he not only had to fight enemies in foreign lands, but Saul was trying to kill him. And even in the midst of all of these things, again and again and again, by God's grace and his presence in David's life, none of his enemies succeeded. And so when, when, when David says that even in the midst of my enemies and my foes and these armies against me, even then I will be confident, David says that because he's looking back on all of the times that God has, has always showed up and, and God has always been faithful to his promises again and again and again. And so David says, looking ahead, I am confident that the same God who, who, who acted on my behalf in the past is the same God who will do that for me in the future, in the now of the waters rising, in the now of of the enemies and, and the foes and the now of the chaos and the now of things falling apart and the now of the injustice that might be creeping into my life that I will be confident because of what God has always done. At Redeemer Lincoln Square, we value questions and the people who ask them which is why we hold a time of question and response, or Q&R, after our Sunday worship service. It's an opportunity for anyone to text in questions and then process responses alongside our pastors and other members of our church community. If you have questions that you'd like to process, feel free to email us at lsq@redeemer.com or Join us for our virtual worship service on YouTube every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. You can find our YouTube channel at lincolnsquare.redeemer.com slash YouTube. So I wonder, for me and for you today, do we have this level of, of confidence that we can say, even then, even then, when, 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 
injustice comes, even then when, when the foes and, and, and the enemies come, even then I will be more confident. When you look back over your own life, are you able to recognize Have you ever paid attention to the fact that time and time again, just when you thought things were about to fall apart, they did not? That God was faithful to his his promise to advance his people on his terms, and he has always done that. When When you lost your job because some people conspired against you, and you thought, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to stay in this city? How, how are my kids going to eat? God fixed that. When you lost all of your, your money in that, in that financial deal that you thought was foolproof because some people stole your money from you, they stole the opportunity from you, and you thought it was all going to rubbish, and it didn't. What happened? God was faithful to you. That's what happened. Or, or the time that you may remember when evil was literally at your door, when you were physically threatened. And an intervention occurred and you were freed from danger. Even then, David says, I will be confident. He had this level of of fearlessness because he had seen God working in the past. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if we are allowing each other opportunities enough to, to be able to say, even then I will be confident. I, I, I wonder in our, our culture of, of, of attempting to protect each other from the vicissitudes of life that one of the things that we inadvertently do is that we sort of hedge around, build fortresses around the, the particularities of the fact that you will not escape this life without struggle. It will not happen. And if you raise your children in such a way that the goal is to protect them from struggle, you are setting them up for a disaster. I teach college students. I I see this every semester. Here's how this happens. Raised, protected, coddled, and then and then the moment there's a there's a one glitch in the matrix, the, the 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 one moment where where things don't work out, there's just a complete implosion of of faith. I've I've often said, I've often said that this way, if you are if you have opened an account for your children's college fund, but are also raising them in such a way that you are not allowing them to experience any struggle then you should also raise a fund for their therapy in their 20s and 30s. Now listen, Brent Bounds is is my brother from another. I love 
this brother. But I want to put him out of business. Even then, I will be confident. I wonder today if we are, if with our family members and our, and, and, and our friends, if we sort of introduce and encourage each other to be this fearless, that when life gets crazy, that when struggle comes, that when injustice comes, that when foes come and enemies come, that we are going to go to God. And sing. So not only was, was, was uh, chaos driving David's confidence, chaos also drove him. His enemies drove him. Things falling apart drove him to seek God. Look back at verses uh, 4 to 6. Right there in verse 4, it says, one thing I've asked of, of the Lord, that I, will, that I will seek him, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That, that word seek is, is an intentional verb that explains physical action. That is, in the midst of, of things falling apart, David only wants one thing. He only wants one thing. He doesn't want a donut. He doesn't want a beer. He, he, he doesn't want a vacation. That, that, that when, when, when things get hard, when life gets crazy, when, when, when the sharks are circling, he only wants one thing, and that is to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. That's the one thing, and he wants to do that. That, that word dwell, by the way, means to sit. It means to remain. I want you to get the image here. That, that God's people are sitting when there's complete chaos around them. They're sitting in the, the house. There, there are several images here. House and, and temple and, and, and dwelling, the, the shelter of the, the, the sacred tent. And, and why is it that, that they can sit when, when evil circles about them, when the reality of the fall is real about them, when, 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 as it says in 1 Peter 5, 8, the devil prowls around like a, like a lion waiting to devour you up. When you see that reality on your front door, out the back door, and that circling around you, why is it that they can sit in the midst of that? It's because they're in the presence of God. It's because they're in the house of the Lord. What happens when you are in the house of the Lord, in the midst of, of all of these things circling about. I mean, this isn't just about the physical structure of a house or the temple or the dwelling or the shelter. The point is that, that David is with God. And when you are with God, 
There is goodness, and there is mercy, and there is protection. When you are in the presence of God, when things fall apart, when things are desperate, when the evil is at your door, you will be fine. Because what, what amount of, of evil, what, what level of foe, what level of, of enemy has the, could possibly conquer God? So you will be fine because you are with him. To gaze on, on the beauty of the Lord in this in this passage, that, that, word, that word beauty in the Hebrew is not simply an aesthetic experience. It is the Hebrew word uh, to delight in. It's, it's delightfulness. It is pleasantness. This is the place where you get to experience the, the delight and the pleasantness of, of God. It means to delight in his kindness. This is his invitation. It's a place of, of refuge and rest and protection that he will keep you safe. And so when things get crazy, the first thing that David says he wants to do, the only thing that he wants to do is get to God, to seek God, to run to God. When I was a kid, I used to... Do illegal things. Sometimes those illegal things included arson. Always getting in some sort of trouble. But sometimes trouble would come to me. And I have very clear memories of, of being in, in the 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 neighborhood, and by the way, this is a sidebar, uh, if you've seen Stranger Things, you know the neighborhood I'm talking about, because that was actually filmed in my neighborhood. And I'm not saying that my parents' house is in season three, but it is. <laughs> True story. Okay, back to sermon. Uh, and so I have, I have very, 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 very clear, clear, clear memories of of, of being uh, one of, one of my, my neighbors had two Dobermans. And sometimes when you're out, the, out of a fence and dogs are in a fence, you try to say hello. You may be escalated. And, and sometimes right when you think the dogs are about to jump the fence, you start running. You're running from danger. You're, you're running from, from, from the, the, the impending doom of a Doberman pincher potentially having his claws on your back. And what's so interesting is that every time I wanted to run from danger, I always ran home. I ran into the house and usually upstairs to my room and often in the bed, sheets over my head because bed sheets for some reason, as you will know, are the best protection against anything. But the instinct, the instinct 
when things were after me was to, was to run home. That was the knee-jerk response. It, it wasn't to run to somebody else's house. It wasn't to run to the grocery store. It wasn't to run to the mall. The instinct was to run home. Because at home was, was protection and covering and peace and goodness and pleasantness. That was home. And this is what David is, 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 is offering for us is that when it gets like this, God is home. And that you can sprint to him to be in his presence because in his presence you can delight in his goodness and his love and his mercy and his protection. He will keep you safe from all of the things that you don't have the power to protect yourself from. I have very clear memories one day. I, I love uh, church buildings, and I was uh, downtown in the, in the financial district. I walked into a, a Catholic church. I'm just standing there, and I see a police officer walk in, and I just assume that the officer was there for security purposes. The police officer walks in, walks up halfway uh, down the aisle, gets on his knees and starts to pray. This is being in God's presence. Going to him when life is, is, is confusing, when you can't make sense of, of why it is that, that things have, have, have fallen apart, to go right to him. And what's so interesting here at the end is that it's the, the, the basis of, of singing, which is just so bizarre to me, that at the end of, of, of all of this, the enemies are around, it says in verse 6, uh, that, that, uh, that I, will, I will sacrifice with shouts of, of joy, that I will sing and make music to the Lord. So think about the, the, what this is proposing, that the, the crazier life gets, the more enemies you have, the more foes you have, the more uh, uh, evil crouches at your door, the more you should sing. Because you're in the presence of God's goodness and his graciousness and his mercy and his, and his protection. I've said this before, I'll say it again 16 million times. I think Christians should be the, the biggest party throwers in any community anywhere in the world. I think the, 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 the stereotype for Christians in New York should be these are the people who are constantly partying. They're always singing, and they're always full of joy, and they're always laughing, and they're always hanging out. Why is it? Because they are sitting in the presence of God. And so even though things are crazy about them, they are resting in his peace. Sometimes I'll, I'll joke with high school students and I'll tell them, hey, I hope your parents are the, I hope, I hope your house is the party house. And if it's not, ask your dad, ask your mom, hey, we need to throw more parties here. Right? Because God has been so good to us 
God has been so gracious to us. We need to bring some more people into the joy and the awesomeness of God's presence and his mercy and his goodness and his protection. Why? Because God has never failed his people. God has never, ever, ever failed his people. David knew this. It was a source of his own confidence. I want, I want you to, to, to recognize that not only was David thinking about the fact that God had worked in his own life, David was also recognizing and thinking about the fact that he was a son of Jesse. And because he was a son of Jesse, it meant that he was a part of a people that God had always shown up and he has always protected. He's always advanced. I mean, David would have, would have, would have remembered that he serves and sits in the presence of, of not just the God who helped him with Goliath, but the God of, of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the same God of Sarah, the same God of Moses, the same God of Joshua and Ruth, that this is his God and the same God who delivered his people through the Red Sea is the same God who is going to protect him in his present moment. And I want you to recognize today that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you become a part of that story. And so the same God of David and Sarah and Moses and Ruth and Joshua is also your God. And all of the benefits and all of the promises and all of the protections that God has always made to his people, they are, they, they, they are promised to you. That Jesus wants to take you to the Father so that you can enjoy and experience the benefits of all that it means to be with him so that you can say, then I will sing when the enemies come, when the foes come, when the armies assail against me, I will sing I'm going to sing, friends. I am going to sing because I am loved by the same God who created all things, who raised his son from the dead. My union with Jesus Christ is the birthplace. It is the entrance into me receiving all of the things that God has always said about his people and his commitment to them. Even then, I will be confident. So, my friends, why? Are we so afraid? Why are we so afraid? So my invitation to you this morning is to try fearlessness. To recognize that you can run to the presence of God. You can run to his temple. You can run to his house. You can run there through prayer and by singing and Bible study and worship and church and whatever it means it takes, you can run to God. This is what Jesus has done. This is what the Spirit has done. The Spirit allows us, gives us the capacity to run to God. It's been made available to us by Jesus Christ that we could run to God and experience everything in this passage so that this isn't just a psalm of David. My beloved, this is a psalm for people like me and people like you. Even then, I will be confident. 
Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your presence and your goodness and your mercy. I pray for anyone in the audience, anyone at home who's experiencing this level of of life falling apart, that they would run to you and experience your goodness and your mercy and your protection, that you would give them peace and they would know that you are with them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to our church podcast. We pray that it can serve as a resource for you as you continue processing aspects of Christianity and growing in your faith. We hope you'll subscribe to our channel if you haven't already, and we invite you to check out our website to learn more about our church and how to get connected to our family. Just visit lincolnsquare.redeemer.com.